0: Hey, this is Kevin. I wanna invite you to join me and friends around the world for an international live broadcast. At 10 a.m. on Friday, May the 7th, I'm going to be sharing a powerful word from God's word entitled, Get to the Point. I am excited about this message. I can't wait to share it with you. Join us via Facebook Live, YouTube, or Zoom. Go to KevinWhite.us for full details. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Audacious Generosity podcast. Here we celebrate giving without the pressure to give. Audacious generosity is where God is the giver, and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Now, here's your host, Kevin White. Hello, this is Kevin White. It is April the 20th. 2021 welcome to audacious generosity podcast i am grateful for everyone in the united states india united kingdom thailand philippines pakistan kenya lithuania south korea iran germany align islands anywhere on planet earth listening to the show if i missed your country please email me at kevin at kevinwhite.us that's kevin at White. Dot Us and let me know who you are and where you're listening from. I can't wait to get to know you. Today's episode is going to include excerpts of an interview with Michelle Rayburn of the Life Repurposed podcast. Michelle really helps me dive into my backstory of wanting to die and being transformed to wanting to give. I hope you'll go over to her website, for the Life Repurpose podcast and listen to the entire interview. But I want to share just a few excerpts with you today on Audacious Generosity. Michelle, take it away.
1: You've talked a little bit now about how you were in bondage to that fear of failure, but then something happened in your life where your job situation changed. Yeah. How? Tell us about that and tell us how you handled yeah. that.
0: Well, the nutshell version is I... Felt very led of God, our family did, to come to Raleigh, North Carolina to plant a church. Worked on it for three years, blood, sweat, and tears. One of the most difficult but rewarding experiences of my life. Three years into it, there was conflict between me and the new leaders of the church, and the decision was that I would no longer remain as pastor. That's when it really hit me in the face, this sense of brokenness and a sense of betrayal from God. You mean I answer your call in the ministry? I say, Lord, here am I. Send me, and you let me go and get fired. There was no misappropriation of funds. There wasn't uh, any sexual impropriety. It was I was a workaholic for God that was out of control, and those leaders painfully loved me to a place of saying, something has to change here. Mm-hmm. And I remember afterwards I was so angry at God and angry at the people, but one of my pastor friends just said, Kevin, I think you're looking at this in the wrong way. I think you're looking at it like you were fired, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you were just set free. And it really was freedom. It, that was not an indictment against the people or against mm-hmm. the church or anything. It really was just my experience was with the Lord has had been closed up in bondage. And there really wasn't the characteristic of freedom. And there wasn't the joy and and everything else. And and it was really one of the problems was I I honestly thought that my life depended upon what I could produce the the attendance that I could build, the offering that I could receive, and so forth. I had read that passage of scripture so many times, unless the Lord builds a house, they who labor, labor in vain. But I went right around it to the me I see is the me I will be. And if it is to be, it's up to me. And I just worked my 60 hour week, became 70, became 80, became 90. And And I literally just about killed myself and our marriage and our family and really got to a place that I I just wanted to die. But it was, it was in there that I had some friends finally, for the first time in my life, disciple me in my identity in Christ. Dr. New Anderson's material was very resourceful during That's that good time, material, yeah. finding your identity in Christ. And for the first time, I, I, I know I'm probably unique, but also I'm not a, not alone. It was really the first time I realized I never have to tithe again, and He still loves me the same. I don't have to go to church this Sunday, and He still loves me the same. I don't have to remain in fellowship, and He loves me the same. It's to my blessing, and it's to my detriment if I don't. But His love is unchangeable. And all of a sudden, ministry went from a have-to to to a get-to. And and Mm. it really has been, for the last two decades now, characterized by freedom. It has borne fruit of generosity that I never imagined that would come forth.
1: What was it like the first day after that job ended when you were set free? What's it like getting up the next morning? Did you have a source of income or was this you're starting from the bottom?
0: So I went through several years of financial hardship and really living through the consequences of that event of being being terminated. And I had to move our family out of a church-owned home. It was really messy. But God was so faithful and just took us in front of people that loved us and into season that allowed us to heal. And even part of the saving grace was this mission trip to India. I didn't hold a passport when all this happened. And then all of a sudden, a man stands up in church and says, I've been called to lead a pastor's conference in India, and I want everyone to pray that another man will go with me as a prayer partner. And I began sensing God say, you're the one, and I'm I'm broken here and 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 all of that. And I just say, God, if you want me to go, you provide and I'll go. And he did. And I went and God really used India to change my life. And I saw the value for the presence of God there. They don't have the resources and all the fancy equipment and everything else that we are, that we're used to in church planning world in the USA, but they really know how to passionately pursue his presence and he shows up and miracles happen. Everything I've been longing for, I'd prayed for years for power and, and for peace, but I wasn't pursuing his presence and that was so broken. And on the plane ride back from India, I really crucified everything I've been chasing to the cross. And I just committed from this day forward, I'm going to passionately pursue the presence of God. And that's when everything began to change. But it wasn't, like you just asked, it was not a 24-hour experience. It took years. And I don't mean the pain stayed. Like, I remember one day I went into a time of prayer, angry as angry could be, and I came out a free man. The anger was gone. But that doesn't mean that my bank account filled up in 24 hours and I could pay all the bills later. Even weapons formed against us will not prosper. And I'm I'm not meaning anybody was really chasing us like an enemy, but... The hardships that we that we face the trials god still brought them around for good and so one example is we got to where there was no food in our home at all and i was praying and as a minister i was looking for employment whatever god would want me to do and god just kept really burdening me for other people that didn't have food. And the passage, seek first the kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things will be added. And I could just sense the Spirit saying, you'll eat too, but think about others. And I really began to grieve for people who... Not only didn't have food, but they didn't know that God was an ever-present help in time of need. Mm-hmm. And so I started praying a prayer that only the Holy Spirit could have given me, because it was ridiculous when you think of my family's need for food. But it was, Father, give us food that others might eat. And within a year, we went from a family needing food to sharing food with 500 families a year in in just a year. And that ministry is now called with Love from Jesus Ministries. It's still present in Raleigh, North Carolina, 20 years later.
1: I love that perspective because sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of the time in America, we become very focused on our own needs. Mm -hmm. And so when we look to meet the needs of others, that's where God then supplies for our own. Interestingly enough, my husband went on a trip to India a couple of years ago, and it was also transformational for him Mm -hmm. to see how people live there and Mm -hmm. how the widows and the orphans that he was working with while he was there are dependent on God for one meal at a time, Mm -hmm. where in America, we're used to this abundance.
0: All of a sudden, unexpectedly, God started blessing our family. We just kept building. God multiplies. It's a miracle that God provided us many times when we needed it the most. What's your generosity story? Check out some heartwarming stories at generosityofgod.com and share your story. You'll find amazing stories. He said, hey, this is for you. And asked me to take what uh, was in his hands. It was Exactly, ten thousand rupees. I was so overwhelmed and uh, shocked by God's goodness. As she did that, Paige went on out to her vehicle, loaded it in the trunk of her car, and she said, "Okay, hey God, what now?" Miraculous stories by ordinary people just like you. Go to generosityofgod.com and share your story today. How do you swallow an elephant well the answer is one bite at a time hi i'm kevin white and i'm inviting you to subscribe to generously blessed my free one minute motivation series in romans 12 verse 2 god says we are transformed as we change our minds when you subscribe to generously blessed I will send you a personal email Monday through Friday and coach you day by day into a life generously blessed by God. Go to KevinWhite.us and subscribe now. It will be one minute a day you'll not regret. I guarantee it. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback. Hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with Audacious Generosity. Get your copy today. I say in Audacious Generosity, we are so tempted to think that giving equals subtraction. And logic, that's what happens. But in God's economy, giving equals multiplication. Jesus Mm -hmm. said it is more blessed to give than to receive. But we think that when I'm blessed, I will become more generous. But statistics prove that the richer families are, the less generous they are. And so if you and I don't learn to be generous when we have nothing, It will become increasingly difficult to live a life of generosity. But if we can be generous with nothing in our hands, I mean, like one of the examples I use is the feeding of the multitude. The disciples had nothing in their hand before that Mm -hmm. miracle took place. Their hands were totally empty. And there was even that discourse between Jesus and Philip, where are we going to buy enough bread that these people might eat? Send them away. And Jesus said, you feed them. But he wasn't saying, this depends upon you. He was saying, I am all you need. I am yeah. here. And so you, you planned for this miracle to happen. And so they followed Jesus' instructions. And the Bible, Matthew actually gives us a little bit more detail of how Jesus took the food, the the little boy's lunch. We know the story well. And he broke it and blessed it and gave it to the disciples. And nowhere in scripture does it say the miracle happened in Jesus' hands. It happened Mm -hmm. in the disciples' hands as they gave it. And I say in the book, sort of jokingly, had the story went that Jesus blessed it, broke it, gave it to disciples, they sat down and ate it. It would have been the end of the story. And that's what we are facing in 2021. So many of us take what God has given us and we sit down and we eat it instead of what about others? And Mm -hmm. and if we really saw the reality that God is the giver, we would easily just give it away. Just uh, uh, according to the spirit's guidance, give, give it out, distribute it because it's, it can only multiply.
1: I've lived that out. I've been married 31 years to my Mm -hmm. husband, Phil, and in our early 20s, we had decided that I would stay home, leave my career as a nurse and stay home with our kids. And so I remember struggling financially because I had two thirds of our income. So we were chopping that away and trying to live in a new way. And so my mindset as the one who was managing most of the finances in our house was that we would give to our church on what was left over and We never had, I mean, it just Mm -hmm. leftovers, just, we seemed to spend it on stuff. We didn't need. We were just whatever money we had was gone. And I went to a, a financial conference that church leaders were invited to, and I came home from that and I, I didn't know what to do because. I I wanted this to be our decision together as mm-hmm. husband and wife, but I was truly convicted that we needed to start giving off the top. Mm-hmm. And so that meant taking that 10% off, no matter what we were going to live on the leftovers on the 90%, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to just tell my husband, this is what we're going to do. So I talked about it with him and he agreed, we would try it and we've never stopped. Yeah. In fact, God provided so much for our needs that over the years, it could grow beyond that 10% Mm -hmm. because he surprised us in how, I, I, I can't even answer it. Can you answer how it works?
0: No, no, I can't. Other than God is kind and plentiful. You see that all throughout scripture. Your story is so... Similar to mine and Shelly's story, when we were going through financial hardship was really when we learned the value of first fruits and tithing the 10% off of the top. And it was easier because we didn't have at that moment, 10% didn't equal a lot, but it was still a major step of faith. We've never missed it and would coach every young couple coming after us to not argue with God one Moment about that because it will, God is so faithful to take care of that. And one of the things that I've really learned is God wants us to order our house, but He is not limited to our house. In that, like I've been to India now 51 times, and very little of that money for all those flights and the trips and everything over to India actually went through my household's income. And so we need to order our house, but the expectations can be much bigger. I mean, like when you realize that God is the provider, it's freeing as to all the different ways that he can provide. And Mm -hmm. in those early years, it might've been a provision by just four bags of clothes that someone gave to one of my children now it could be through a stimulus that the u.s government gives out Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's there's not there's not no limit to how god can provide if we will trust him to be kind and plentiful and providing and that's a wrap thanks for listening subscribing and reviewing the audacious generosity podcast join us next week as we open our hands up to God and let him fill them for the Great Commission.